If you travel, you know how to really go off the grid. Like no cell service in your room, off the grid. You know which remote retreats have the best herbal baths, sound baths, and ice baths. Because when you set up your out-of-office, you mean it. Because when you're the escape artist, vacation is all about resting, meditating, drinking water, and minding your own businessing. The Delta Sky Miles Platinum American Express card. If you travel, you know. Learn more at go.amex slash you know. When you're constantly on the move, it's not just pits that break a sweat. From your armpits to your thighs and everywhere in between, new whole body deodorant cream and sticks from Shea Moisture are your secret weapon to staying fresh and confident all day long. Made from melanin-rich skin and packed with plant-based goodness, embrace a new era of freshness with whole body and stick deodorants from Shea Moisture. Find them at your nearest Walmart and walmart.com. And when you do, your whole body's covered. Welcome to the Friends. Every time I'm in the zone. My name is Dustin. I'm Francesca, also known as K Friend Hey. My name is Asante. This is the Friend Zone. The Friend Zone. Masterpiece, like we used to do. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> Shout hey, out to my spirit. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> this is the friend zone. I'm Dustin Ross, and this is the news that you can use. First up, Jordan Woods has announced that she will be recording music and releasing an album later this year. After her Hershey. recent stint. After her recent stint. <laughs> On Fox's The Masked Singer, apparently she will be leading its spinoff series, The Fake Singer. <gasps> Next, Bravo TV has a new series called Family Karma. And shockingly, it is not about the black Kardashian grandchildren. Wow. Finally, <laughs> wishes for happiness are in order for rapper and media personality to Brett who celebrates her 46th birthday today. Wow. To reflect this, she has changed her name to DeBranny. Welcome to the friend zone. Your weekly look Granny. No. Welcome to the friend zone. Your weekly look at all things mental health, mental wellness, and mental hygiene. Because much like DeBranny, who in the hell wants a musty brain? I know you don't. DeBranny. How are you doing, friend? <laughs> so, how are you guys? Amazing, blessed, totally favored, COVID free. Yes, come on. So, I'm like, I forgot how to do the show. <laughs> like, hey, I'm like, uh, so, uh, <laughs> How you, you doing, guys, friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's just, you know, I'm getting used to being in my PJs and working. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm kidding. I put on a nice shirt for you guys today. So are you ready? <laughs> are you, re- Thank you, you did. You did put on a cute shirt for us. <laughs> and I love how you got that blanket tied around your waist. You see me. <laughs> <laughs> the details. The details. <laughs> Yo, speaking of, you know people need to get the fuck out the house. Have y'all seen the new pillow chat? challenge no (laughs) what please go on instagram and look up the hashtag pillow challenge people are designing outfits by wrapping pillows 
around themselves with waist belts and creating dresses and shirts. <laughs> Different looks. You see it? You know? <laughs> Look at Asante's <laughs> face. Well, so, the... Yes, look at <laughs> <laughs> What is ha- This is what happens when people are home. They're Everyone's dan- bored. Asante just found one where they're dancing side to side with their pillows. So, yes, this is <laughs> this is week 75 of quarantine. Don't get your ass on there doing the pillow challenge with that <laughs> slimy stain from your dirty rag that you've been tying your head up with. Or the Don't flat pillow. The flat pillow. Yeah. So you guys ready for this week's black business? Well, friend, what if they need a pencil skirt? <laughs> <laughs> so my friend Drea from Chicago, shout out to Drea. She goes by Drea. You call Drea? <laughs> shout out to Drea. <laughs> Shout out to Drea Vibe Dealer on on Twitter. She tweeted earlier today that her auntie has an online beauty supply for those oh, of y'all in need. She says she has braiding hair, wigs, even braided wigs for those of you Man. that have been going through it because you haven't been able to, ta- to access your local beauty supply for all of your needs. So the link is lovelybeautysupplies.com. The spelling is L-O-V-L-E-E-B-E-A-U-T-Y-S-U-P-P-L-I-E-S.com. Lovelybeautysupplies.com. And she even threw in a coupon code for 10% off of your first order. Hey. And the coupon code is beauty493. So figured our community really needed that. It's <laughs> a black yeah, I didn't see y'all Instagram. <laughs> Friend, you right on time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we are going through it. So thank you to Auntie. Thank you to my friend Drea. Make sure yes. you guys buy up her shop. And it's awesome that she's able to supply all this demand from the comfort of her home. And my friend also told everyone she's a Sagittarius. She's a neat freak. She's super clean. So don't worry about (laughs) your packaging and your boxes and anything that you might be concerned about, about someone working from home. So that's it. Wanted to put that into your awareness. And that's it for this week's Black business are you guys that's a gold mine ain't it gold mine mm-hmm. yes i low-key feel bad i'm like her aunt hopefully has some help but she's gonna be moving over there she's gonna be a fast forward <laughs> right kicking doors to the rooms opening shit while she packing orders let's she pray waste time. let's pray yeah. that the usps you hear that they're having trouble staying open i'm praying yeah. that they can find proper funding because that would be that would be some shit. Could you imagine? And and, and and why wasn't that included in the goddamn stim? Why why wouldn't those resources have already been set aside for times like this? A, it, don't get me started because you're about to get me to preaching. Because I didn't I'm even know the government doesn't even fund the USPS. Apparently, no, mm-hmm. no. The shit you learn, I had no idea. I'm learning. I didn't that know now. that either. Yeah, you would assume. I mean, I thought that Should would be a government first, essential the- business. First on the list for a bailout of some sort, but you know. But it is what it is. Are you guys ready for this week's recap? And for the election. Yes, I am. Oh, my Lord. Don't get me started on how the hell we're going to do that one. So on last week's episode titled, Nothing Was the Same. Excuse me. Smoker's (laughs) cough. Y'all know we got to just get out the way every time it happens. (laughs) 
It was titled Nothing Was the Same, and we stepped into the Twilight Zone, where in psychology, a false memory refers to cases in which people remember events differently from the way they happened. But what does it mean when a large group of people collectively misremember an event? That's called the Mandela Effect. And we had a blast with that conversation. And apparently, so did y'all listening, because y'all damn near broke our Twitter. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Even though it was, it was a bunch so of great. lies. <laughs> <laughs> Asante, who stood out to you? I want to give a shout out in the emails to Lauren. Um, don't forget to email us, as you do every week, at the friends on loudspeakersnetwork.com. The subject of this email is, can you woo, woo, woo? Um, <laughs> She said, hey, y'all, first things first, I have to say thank you guys so much for keeping the show going in spite of being on lockdown. Unfortunately, hey, hey. thank you. Yeah, thank you, because amen, you know, give God all the glory for that. I think about that all the time. Um, amen. Un- unfortunately, my job is considered essential, essential, excuse me. I work for a company that manufactures military stuff and I still got to work. But your show has gotten me through some tough days and I get a little bit of everything I need and love every week. And I'm still on the fence about the theories on the multiverse because I still appreciate the conversation you guys had because I think it's all very interesting. Uh, While listening to this episode, one thing I did notice is the Mandela Effect examples were more like a misremembering. When you're asking a person to recall something like a brand name, a person who really pays attention to detail will notice something like the misspellings in Whiteout or Fruit Loops. Therefore, it will stand out and probably, probably be easier to remember. But if you're not focused on the details, you will most likely remember the regular spellings when asked and think it was white out with an H or fruit loops with the UI. I too would have bet money that he was one of, that he was on there knocking on doors for a publishing publishing clearinghouse. So maybe we all jump to another dimension for that. I also want to mention another fitness account at Mr. And Mrs. Muscle on Instagram and YouTube. So I want to give a shout out to Lauren for sharing all that and actually providing us with that. Thank you for listening, being somebody that is essential and you have to still work. I'm just glad that you're still enjoying us and that we're entertaining you. And the multiverse, I I wonder that myself. Like, is it things are changing? Are we jumping together? Like, I always wonder that, like that that part of the theory. Like, is it one thing happening on this plane or are we like collectively moving planes? You know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. what I'd be wondering. But uh, shout out to Lauren. Thank you for that. What did you find, friend? In them SoundCloud streets. And you know, there's another theory where we're all the same person, just fractals of each other. I don't like that one. I mean, I get that one. I like that, that one. one. I think that's I a don't. cool concept. You, mm, no, 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 no. <laughs> I am not. We are not the same. I'm sorry. <laughs> I married that concept to a bunch of cells in a body. So like we all are. But like. Yeah. That's is, why we move into these different spaces, but experience them differently simultaneously so my mind how come we can dance (laughs) i mean you don't know there might be smaller parts of your cells that are dancing you just don't know you can't feel them because it's such a small thing (laughs) well why i can do it though and they can't he said why i can do it i'm trying to tell you you'll know they can't do it you see sperm dancing you you ain't seen them dancing (laughs) in a microscope they be jumping jump all you gotta do is watch tiktok i cannot so i'm on tiktok i mean who isn't? Day 325 <laughs> of quarantine. So on Twitter, I jumped into the Twitter streets this week, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, you want Mo said. The man- <laughs> <laughs> I love how y'all make me read these names. 
he said the Mandela effect. If you ever watched the Watchmen show on HBO, it had me thinking about time travel and multiverses. There was a line in the show that stuck out to me where they said, I know there are other parallel universes, but this is the one I live in. Definitely a ground self-aware moment. And I love that because I think, uh, I remember watching Watchmen and kind of being concerned that because I'm not familiar with that universe that I wouldn't understand anything about the show, but I ended up mm. loving it because I think they played into this time travel multiverse concept extremely well and kind of showed the possibility of how would that how that would even work in a space-time continuum. So I was like, yes, this is my kind of TV. And they made that shit too palatable because now That's why be- I loved it because it gave people a way to think about it. Like, oh shit, I see, I get it. And that's he all would be we like, Doctor Manhattan was a fuck boy, because <laughs> the way he was responding, but that's how fuck boys respond. I'd be like, well, you know, listen, spiritual scared. fuck boys, they exist, they too exist. But <laughs> <laughs> I would know, I am one. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so I also love how many of you started watching the OA. <laughs> Just, oh God! Your messages range from "What the fuck is this shit?" to "Oh my God, I love this. Thank you so much for bringing this into my life." So, very on brand for the friend zone. We are all very different people, and I'm thankful for it. So, Dustin, hey, who stood out to you? <laughs> First of all, I want to wish a happy birthday to my homeboy, Shy Santiago. Um, he brought a lot of joy to these internet streets, and I feel like right now is the time to celebrate that. So happy birthday to Shy Santiago. And happy a belated birthday, happy birthday to you, Dustin Ross. Yes. Thank you so much. We don't recognize, you know. It was his birthday him. this past Friday, even though you said you weren't going to celebrate, but we all <laughs> in the world made sure to go up for our friend. Just not acknowledging Thank the you. number change. Y'all. Right, Thank you right. Very much. I love y'all. We but love fuck you. This birthday. <laughs> I can't wait to go back outside and turn up. Anyway. <laughs> so, here's a couple tweets that I want to highlight. One comes from Mariah Carey, believe it or not, you guys. Okay. Hey. So, OT Genesis, who has been uh, infamously doing R&B covers. He's a rapper. He's been doing R&B covers over the past few months here. He uh, sang a clip of Mariah Carey's number one hit, Always Be My Baby. Um, oh, he's online. in his R&B bag now. He's huh? in his bag, baby. The straps may be broken, but he's in it. <laughs> and so he uh, he tweeted a, a video of him singing that song. Mariah Carey quoted the tweet and said, I love this with several exclamation marks, a laughing and crying emoji and a fire flame emoji. Being what I like to call a good sport. Now, we all know there's another scenario with OT Genesis and an R&B singer. You know, if we go down just a couple rungs on the ladder, it was, it was OT Genesis and another R&B singer who didn't really take the joke so well. Mm-mm. But I thought that this was a great example of how to be a good sport. So shout out to Mariah Carey. Shout out to the um, queen. Yes. I MC. also want to give a shout out to Doja Cat. And the tweet that I want to highlight comes from Saffron Huni, who her Twitter handle is spelled S-A-F-F-R-O-N-H-U-N-I. Okay. Um, not honey, like Nene Leake said in her new song. Come on and get this. That actually comes out tomorrow. But anyway, she quoted it. She sent a tweet that said, Open Doja Cat's live to her reciting Roddy Rich's The Box lyrics like she's reciting Hamlet in fucking chainmail armor. <laughs> and there was literally a video attached of Doja Cat wearing a chainmail 
like armor hooded headpiece. She head is so funny. And she's reciting the lyrics to the box by Roddy Rich like she's reciting Hamlet. It's so funny, I y'all. I saw like, it. She's such a ham. Amazing. No pun intended. Thought it was so that not. was a good one, friend. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to a friend of the show, Don, um, whose Twitter handle is Brian McLight. What up, Everybody Don? Knows oh, I love him. Don. He's a wonderful person, great friend. Um, but Don quoted a Twitter. He uh, sent a video, rather, of an Instagram live conversation between Nene Lease and Tamar Braxton, where Nene was telling a story about how she saw a friend to the Real Housewives of Atlanta show, Shamia Morton, scrubbing her floors with a broom and mop water, not a mop and mop water. So apparently, this is some custom that several people have. It some is. People do, some people we don't. do that. We do See? that. Okay. So I saw people like, laughing, but I was like, uh, that's, that's how it goes down, right? Caribbean Dip the people. In the water. Listen, crazy. my island yeah. folks that most of us have what they call marquesinas, which is where mm-hmm. the front of your house is tile. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like a driveway made out of tile usually when you're in the islands. Mm-hmm. And the only way to really get that good scrub is to get that mm-hmm. broom wet. With a stiffer bristle. With the a broom. stiffer bristle. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So I know. Well, but I know it sounds crazy if you've never seen that in action. I've seen like janitors do that with say like a push broom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like a wider, a wider flat push broom that you see people doing that sort of cleaning with. So I wasn't completely thrown off when Nene told the story. Right. But it was funny to think of it through the lens of a person <laughs> who's who never seen that never, shit before. You know, and when you don't equate a broom, you know, a, a, a broom now, you don't equate a broom <laughs> with being wet and dipped into a mop bucket <laughs> full of water. So that just was hilarious. The retelling of that story. I thought that was funny. Um, and the last tweet, the last tweet that I want to highlight, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell, tell us, tell it us. It comes from, I just got to get to it. It comes from Amber Patrice Riley. Y'all hey. know Amber Riley Amber is Riley, very talented. Hey. More talent in her pinky nail than <coughs> lots of people. True that. <laughs> Amber said, hi, with the waving emoji. My name is Amber Riley, and I am not in the Clark Sisters movie. <laughs> Give my mentions a break, please. That's not me. The congratulations go to those incredible ladies in the film because they killed it. Damn. So it looks like she tired of y'all asses tagging her. That is not her in the Clark Sisters movie. <laughs> Damn, somebody made a mistake. I, I saw them doing side by side and they were tagging you, Dustin. Talk about it's in the eyes. <laughs> Yeah, it's in the eyes or whatever, you know. But I've, we've retired that around here. So oh, okay. I, just, oh. I, tu- I turn a blind eye to that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, if the eye wasn't, it wasn't blind, it would be in the eyes. Uh, okay, so that's it for In These Streets, friend. So before we get started, I want to thank all of you who listened to Insecurity when it dropped. Woo! Yes! <laughs> We have another a fourth season of you guys pushing us to the top of the charts on Apple with number one, which is so exciting. It's always a blessing to be able to work with your friends and kill it. Yes. That's the best combination. I'm so blessed that I get to do that every year, every week with Dustin and Asante, with Crystal, with my other friends that I do my spiritual work with. I feel so blessed and so yep. thankful. So I just have Good to thank woman. you guys <laughs> for that push because that was really sweet and just awesome and I'm excited for the next couple of weeks because the show was good right that first episode so good I'm so glad it's back so good (laughs) and I know everyone's happy 
And I'm also loving the fact, as I told you before we started recording, shout out to you and Crystal for y'all show Insecurity being on the HBO Go app. Ah, okay, we have seeing, a whole banner on the app. That's so seeing crazy. the episode come up and then scrolling right next to it, y'all <laughs> is amazing. It's lit. It's lit. <laughs> lit. Man, I love it. Feeling you literally a number one stunner now, friend. You ain't Crystal. <laughs> Y'all are number one stunners for real. I need a jacket that says that. Okay, so I, I'm huh? thankful. Thank you to the listeners because obviously that wouldn't happen without you guys. So I had to make space to share that gratefulness with you guys. And now, Dustin Ross, today is your episode. So go ahead and let us know who we're about to get to get into today. All right, cool. You know, I don't ever mind taking the reins. <laughs> oh my lord why (laughs) so okay so everybody knows that and if you don't know you're fitting to everybody Mm. knows that this past weekend the movie that we had been waiting for for so long the Clark Sisters came on Lifetime Television Uh, we watched on Twitter as a family there's been so much conversation surrounding this movie and people who I don't know how you couldn't be But for those who aren't familiar with the Clark Sisters, they are an iconic family of gospel singers who have literally a legacy in gospel music that has reached into R&B music and into a lot of different genres. Their style of harmony, their style of riffing, their style of singing in general has influenced everybody's favorite singer. Okay, we'll just put it like that. And beyond that, they were a black family in Detroit um, came from uh, a gospel pedigree anyway. Their mother was Dr. Maddie Moss Clark. Um, uh, they It's literally a family legacy in gospel music. And so because of that, naturally, naturally when you have a family of multiple siblings, um, several girls, they even have brothers that nobody talks about. But there's a story that exists beyond what they've shared with us. And that's always the real story that's most fascinating. So when they decided to do this television movie that was produced by Queen Latifah, Mary J. Blige, my girl, and Missy Elliott, you know what I mean? We were we were guaranteed a good story, something that we would be interested in. So as we're watching, we see that Maddie Moss Clark has literally groomed her daughter's for success in music, in gospel music. Um, We see conversations between Maddie Moss Clark and her husband um, where he's saying, you know, you think you the Jackson 5 or you think these girls are the Jackson 5 and she ensured him that they were better than the damn Jackson 5. Well, she didn't say damn because... You know, she ain't cuss, she Kojic, but she would have cussed because that's the kind of spirit and personality Maddie Moss Clark had. Um, And so it was a it just it kind of triggered me in a way because I watched this story of this family of girls who their mother had set a plan in motion for them from their childhood. Right. Mm -hmm. For them to be successful in a certain way for them to adhere to a certain moral code and a certain behavioral system um, for all their actions and and decisions and choices to be faith-based. And she really instilled this in them. She drove this point home um, daily on the hour. She even threw shoes at them. She called them um, gum chewers when she called them with gum in their mouth. It was just her style. You know, she ruled with an iron fist. But I'm a person who grew up in a family that, you know, was indoctrinated in organized religion. You Mm -hmm. know, that was how we existed. And so there were certain things that were permissible, certain things that were not. Um, And 
that experience directly has impacted the type of adult that I am. It's directly impacted the type of choices that I make. Um, it's directly impacted my personality, the things that appeal to me, um, the things that I strive for as far as my character. All those things are directly impacted by that experience. So as I'm watching this shit, you know, I'm starting to think, I'm like, wow, this is really fascinating how I'm triggered watching this just be, just by the parent, child, and church dynamics in this film. And I knew that other people had to be as well. So I started looking up different experiences that people had as pastor's kids and just traditions and things that are forced on us by our parents and by those who are responsible for our caretaking and how it has impacted us as adults, right? Because again, in the Clark sisters movie, Maddie Moss Clark had groomed these girls for success and long careers, but were they really happy? Mm -hmm. We watched each individual sister. We watched Karen go through certain things and have to make certain, de certain decisions. Even when she, she was the one that had star quality. So she was being pursued by other entities to go into secular music or to have a solo career, which she eventually did do. But this was very early on in their visibility on the music um, scene as artists. People were putting pressure and introducing things to these girls that were separating them from the united front that their mother had created and also kind of forcing them to ask themselves some questions about who they were, what they wanted, you know, what kind of things they wanted in life. Add to this dynamic, you have their sister Denise, who is the most infamous member of the Clark sisters family. Originally, she sang with them on the majority of their albums, but Denise was what you like to, what they like to call worldly in the church, right? Mm -hmm. She had children out of wedlock. She went on to have seven sons out of wedlock. Um, not all of them were out of wedlock, but she had seven boys. Um, her family did not talk about her, and they kind of kept her back in the shadows. But this was because of the reflection that it would have on their image as gospel artists mm. and as members of the Kojic faith. We know that, that the Church of God in Christ is notorious for a very conservative and linear point of view. Um, and this is reflected in the decisions that their artists make, that their church officials make, and in the visibility that the Kojic profile has and how it resonates with people in general. So it's just interesting to me when I was watching all these stories being told on this movie and obviously seeing spaces where they could have probably told more, but I was seeing choices that they made in what they shared with us and what they didn't. It just started making me ask myself questions um, about that experience. So I found a blog uh, called Vander Bloman that they actually staff they do church and school staffing services or anything that they consider a value-based business. So you already know what time it is with their views. But I found an article on there called 11 Things That a Pastor's Kid May Be Thinking That You Might Not Even Realize. And this is the one that stuck out the most to me. And this is where I'm going to bring you guys into the conversation. So uh, the author says, the author wasn't named, by the way, because, of course, you know, I guess they're going to get a whooping even as a grown up if they say something against the way they was raised. But so number three on the list of 11 things was the fact that they were scared of making mistakes. 
They said, it often feels like pastor's kids are scrutinized through a magnifying glass with people that are just waiting for them to slip up. The fear of making a mistake will only deter them from pursuing dreams and fulfilling their potential. They are scared to make the wrong choice. Mistakes actually help develop them into who they are, so it's best to react with forgiveness rather than disappointment as a parent. So... Do you guys share that sentiment? I know we all have our own individual experiences with faith and especially the way that we were raised and its implication on that experience for us. But do you understand or can you relate to the fear of making a mistake deterring you from pursuing your dreams and most importantly, fulfilling your potential? And I don't give a fuck who go first. (laughs) (laughs) Asante, you want to go first? I feel like there are a lot of things that come up in my life personally where I won't do it based out of fear. Um, And I think sometimes that fear is the rejection of, you know, maybe not being good enough. And I don't, I actually wondered where that stemmed from because I feel like my mom, she was always pretty much on my side. So it wasn't her as the reason for me feeling that way. But um, I always found it interesting that I would feel that way when I felt like I had not necessarily the best foundation, but I had supportive people. But to this day, I still always find myself in certain situations where I really won't take the risk just because I know it's like, um, I don't know. I have to stop and think about this because I remember being in like high school and I'm talking about, you know, if you audition for acting and roles like that, you can't discourage yourself because there's a million people out there. You know, there's always going to be a role for you, even though if they cast, you know, if even if you think they cast somebody else for your role, you still have your role. So you shouldn't be deterred from auditioning because you just never know what's going to get you that part. So I think like in life, it's hard for me to like move forward. And I always think about stuff like that because I never want to get discouraged from my own like set of whatever. And my family didn't instill that in me or maybe they did unconsciously. So I kind of struggle with trying to figure out what what that's rooted in. But um, yeah, I feel like I definitely struggle with not wanting to do something um, am I answering your question? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so like this this specific um this specific reference is is i guess related to like a moral implication like say you were raised like growing to church and you feel like if you make the wrong choice there will be some sort of consequence i guess spiritually or however the fuck you know what i'm saying yeah. that you'll have to face and did you make have you ever made decisions based on that because of maybe like certain principles or certain religious ideals and theories that were introduced to you through your upbringing? I don't know. Like my religious up- Did y'all go to church? Yeah, I was just going to say my religious upgrade- upbringing was very spotty. Like my mom, she took us to church as often as she could, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was never like a regular thing for more than like six months to a year at a time, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like we would be at one church and we wouldn't even be at one church. Like we would go to like different churches every weekend sometimes, depending on if we were visiting other people. But um, I, I was going to say, I thought one church was in L.A. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know. I ain't been to it. Um, <laughs> out. <laughs> out. Um, no, I just find it weird because it's like we went to church and we got those lessons, but it wasn't enough for me to bring this like pressural foundation if that makes sense like i feel like once everything i feel like if everything was always good at home like if communication was always good with like family um not that spirituality would follow but like if there was harmony in the family spirituality wasn't too far away from the harmony i guess it's like something along those lines 
I, for me, I guess, because I felt like we were always good and it's not like we were going to church to solve problems. Because I feel like, I keep saying I feel like, I'm sorry. I keep seeing movies now where it seems like people do things, you know, just to be good or be considered good. Whereas I feel like when we were younger, church was showing you just tools for life. And the tools just happen to be doing, to do good, but they were just tools for life. And now it's almost like a risk reward situation. But when I was growing up, it was kind of like, a good little guideline on the side, but nothing pressural for me. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. Francesca, <laughs> my love. I'm, first, I love this conversation. Um, Thank you. It's so layered, too, because I can think of so many different uh, directions that I could take this. But I think the first one that popped up in my head was just... Uh, my family was made up of a lot of denominations, so I never had to follow any one path. So in a mm. way, it was cool because I got to kind of observe <laughs> everybody's yeah. practices and and take more of a perspective of, is that really working for that person? Or is it yes. more of a performative obligation to God? Or is there like a real relationship being built that is helping them navigate the world in a way that I can watch and be like, whoa, I want that kind of connection with God. And I didn't see that. I have to be honest. It always felt very performative. It always felt very transactional. Like, if you do this, God will give you this. If you do that, God... And it just... God didn't feel that way to me. I never felt like I had to sacrifice things because that's the only way I earned God's love. I felt like God loved me regardless. And I felt like my God was sweet and friendly. I didn't fear God. I never thought that. <laughs> Your God would be sweet and friendly. friendly. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I never thought, of, even when I was little, I never pictured God as this person where I had to hide things from God. Vengeful. Vengeful, yeah. like sitting up there watching me in judgment. Like, why did you do mm-hmm. that? You know, I, I pictured God oh, laughing. Oh, I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm serious. I always pictured God as like a friend that was like laughing a lot and being like, it's fine. Like you don't have to like put this self-imposed prison into your life when like I love you regardless. And the mistakes you make are just going to bring you into your divinity. Like I'm not even tripping. And that's how I always viewed it. So that was just an intuitive sense of God as a kid. And so when I would see my grandfather who would like, not let us wear pants or you couldn't celebrate birthdays because my uncle, you know, it wasn't part of his practice or my grandmother, we'd go to Catholic mass and she didn't even know what they were saying, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. especially as an immigrant, you know, she just knew to go. And there are elements of that that are cool. Like Mm -hmm. I admire the ritual of it how it's so meticulous, you know, like they have so many things that they do and go through and it's just a beautiful practice to witness. But when it comes to like leaving mass, I didn't see how that transcended the actual space of the church. Like I didn't see how, I didn't see my grandma's connection to God outside of just going to church with her friends. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I didn't see how God would come up during hard times or challenging moments with our family. I didn't see where God fit. And that's why I was like, well, then what's it for? If we're not calling God to come help us or or sit with us and help us navigate these different spaces. So I just had a very different perception of God and religion. And so 
luckily I didn't I never really dealt with shame as much yes. because of that I, it just wasn't a <clears throat> part of my existence because like I said my family wasn't the greatest example <laughs> of their particular denominations and that's and I'm not saying that in judgment I'm just saying that no. uh for the rigidity that they created out of their lives for it I didn't see why yeah because it felt like we were all a mess as humans trying to figure it out and at least I got to celebrate birthdays. <laughs> yeah, straight up. And I got to wear skirts if I felt like it and, and pants. And, you know, so for me, it's just like, I think this fits better. So it's not so much a thing of like, well, you do that and I do this. It's more like this feels better for me and how I relate to God. And so I didn't have to deal with uh, the moral aspect of it as much. What I will say, though, is when your parents... Uh, kind of tying back to the movie when your parents don't um, have the access to follow their own dreams and then they kind of like project that onto you. <laughs> yeah. It becomes a thing of like, you better do what I say because they're trying to get it right, quote unquote, through your life. So your life is not even yours in a way. Yeah. And that's when it becomes really touchy because then you get scared of like well maybe I should listen because if I don't and I fuck up and then making mistakes becomes like this fear pattern so just a a lot like I said it's a lot of layers that you made me think of of how we put pressure on ourselves because of everyone else's expectation yeah um and it's interesting you say that because I've always wondered what the rationale behind not we not be not allowing women to wear pants in certain religions was because to me like if the goal is modesty right if you're trying to you're trying to cover up the pussy you know what i'm saying then you'd it, it seemed to me pants. like pants right. <laughs> you know you're literally leaving the door open by putting the skirt on you know all you gotta do is just whoop, yeah my grandfather right my grandfather would not play like you couldn't play music you couldn't sing you couldn't whistle you couldn't. <laughs> so it was a, such a rigid childhood where I just remember it felt like I was walking on eggshells all the time. What like, did he do when the Andy Griffith show came in? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, turn that shit off. <laughs> no, but it was just. Uh, We're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember being. Uh, I just remember everyone being so anxious all the time. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. man, my. My God, to feel anxious, you know. And hopefully, yeah. I explained that right because I don't want it to sound like I am you making fun anyone. or shaming no. anyone's denomination, mm -hmm. but just seeing very explicitly how, in my family in particular, I just didn't see the best representation <laughs> of those denominations. I think you worded that perfectly, and as you said that, it was so great to like how you captivated kind of what I was trying to figure out when I was younger, mm -hmm. like people's relationship to God and like how it is actually beneficial overall, not just beneficial to them and what they've done to get God's attention. You know, like it was right. always weird seeing that kind of played out in certain areas and not understanding like how to actually feel or even be part of that in certain ar arenas. Because like I was saying, my religious like stints were kind of touch and go. So it was kind of embarrassing almost to be in certain spaces when it's like you weren't in church long enough or you were in church too much sometimes. So it was like, I don't really know how, where I'm supposed to go or navigate here. But Dustin, I want to hear more about, um, I want to hear from you, your experience too, because I just always like hearing about your experiences growing up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, so for me, 
like I said, my parents were a part of a very organized, structured religion, right? Mm-hmm. That had a lot of rules and definitely regulations, okay? Yes, man. Lots of terms and several conditions. <laughs> so um, it was hard. It was very difficult to grow up and develop into the fullness of myself, learn my likes, my dislikes, my tastes, my goals, my dreams, learn all those things without being hindered by the rules and regulations and the terms and motherfucking conditions of the religion, there was always something that I could not do. There was always a reason that something was not a possibility for me. And you both have been around me long enough to know that I'm a person who loves to reach for the bigger get. I love to go after the dream. I love to, um, I'm in a, I'm an overachiever and I push myself you know, um, and that's naturally who I am. That's not something I force myself to do. It's something I actually force myself to kind of subdue a little bit because I don't want to appear overbearing or mm-hmm. even overzealous under the wrong circumstances. But that's naturally who I am. I'm a person who likes to, I'm a high achiever. And so growing up and understanding based on the way that I was raised, that there were certain things that just were not options and possibilities for me, it was the most oppressive circumstance ever. Um, and it really was challenging because it directly intersected with morality. The reason always dialed back to something faith-based or something, a rule that was biblical or something related to our faith. And that was something that was presented as um, an entity that you really couldn't challenge. Like that was just what it was. It was what we believed. And because we believed that way, these were the damn rules. And if it, even if it didn't compute for me, I was forced to figure that part out. So there was a level of maturity that I'm actually grateful for because I was doing reasoning at a level that um, was a bit beyond my years for a, quite some time as a child. And I had to kind of think two, three steps ahead of a person my name, my normal age because I was always having to be aware of my behavior, um, the consequences for any behavior that didn't go, that wasn't a part of the program, natural desires. Y'all know I, I date guys on the weekend and shit, so like <laughs> that was definitely not a part of the program, you know what I mean? So that was a huge part of myself that I was forced to understand, figure out, and manage at a very early age because of the way that I was raised in uh, my family's religion. So it was not an easy um, walk for me. It wasn't um, something that was fun. And it really put a bad taste in my mouth toward religion, especially organized religion, toward um, any sort of structured faith-based uh, situation. It just does not appeal to me even today. But the funny thing is, as you get older and as you have certain experiences in life, spirituality and God kind of find their way back to your life Always. as you start to think on a different level, as you start thinking about your purpose, as you start thinking about an understanding intention, as you start um, really just policing yourself in a certain way that your behavior reflects who you are and your character. When you start understanding that, spirituality and God enter the conversation. Now, it doesn't create a responsibility for you to recognize them. It doesn't create a responsibility for you to create um, an adherence to some practice, you know, that you don't agree with or you don't even really have to do anything with that. But it does become a part of the conversation as your thinking um, evolves in that way. Totally. Um, 
And so you're forced to face certain things that may have been issues for you since you was a kid that you've ignored for all these years because, well, not you, I'll speak about myself. There were certain things that about religion, about spirituality that I had completely iced out. Ice them out. <laughs> Ice them out. I, had, I was on my cash dial at an early age because I had to figure out who I was. I had to figure out how to manage the circumstances that were unique about me and in my life. I had a lot of things that I had to to understand and understand fast because I also had to exist and live in a world and try to be a sane person while on the inside I was so confused about so many things. Um, and I just decided to ignore all of the the imposed religious um, ideals and theories that were a result of my upbringing and just figure out who Dustin was, figure out what worked for me and what didn't. And along the way I developed, um, a, I think a heightened awareness of empathy and, and a heightened sense of compassion for other people, because I know what it feels like to be the odd man out. I know what it feels like to be at a disadvantage. I know what it feels like to be questioning my my worth, my value, what I can offer to situations because I've never really allowed myself to exist in the fullness of who I am. I know what all that feels like. And so I kind of, even today, that's kind of how I deal with motherfuckers. That's how I deal with people. I'm mm -hmm. very, I'm a naturally like compassionate person. You know what I mean? Now I don't take no shit. So let's be <laughs> clear. You know what I mean? I know how to drop the hammer down on a motherfucker when I have we to. We know. You know. <laughs> but y'all also know that that's not even my net. That's not even right. my vibe. Like period. Like I'm about showing love. I'm about seeing everyone do well because it's very important to me for people to be their authentic selves. And to me, you're not your authentic self until you really feel comfortable with who you are. And that generally comes after you've tried your best at whatever it is that you're doing. And so um, it directly has affected me and it's impacted every area of my life. And I have now gained a greater understanding, literally educated myself on other religions, other cultures, on how people live globally, um, on, on what religion means in the lives of people all over the world, hell in California, some parts of Canada, you know what I'm saying? Like just how people live differently so that I can be um, a more, just a more informed person and really define what spirituality means to me and what role it plays in my life. And if I'm interested in opening the door to religion in my life as well, those at this point won't be, won't be decisions that I'll make based on um, what I think someone else believes is right for me those are decisions that i make based on what feels like it aligns with my life what's the word friend alignment what's the word friend <laughs> ease i like friend when you say so the reason one of the reasons i laughed when you said that your guy was nice and friendly was because i never felt like i thought that i always thought like so if god designed us and designed our lives why would he want us to feel like suffering or why would he want us to feel oppressed right. by living in alignment with what he wanted for us? That part never made sense. It didn't me. resonate. <laughs> so things that were natural for me and I knew were not rooted in me wanting to be wicked or wanting to be, you know, um, against anything that was holy. This is just what was felt natural for me. I'm talking about liking men, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And butt, butts and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that that was not 
I knew that the fact that that didn't align with the principles and practices that were presented to me meant that that was not for me. Right. And so I had to figure it out. And it also creates a space of vulnerability emotionally that is very scary because certain relationships that are critical to your fundamental, like to your core, your family, your immediate family, you have to worry about those relationships being in jeopardy because you disagree with what the norm is right. because you've decided to go against the grain. And that's a feeling when you add in the other layers of even why you decided to not be a part of that process, it just gets really tricky. And yeah. I don't think anybody wants to feel that way. And I'm glad you brought that up just to piggyback, because I think another thing that used to kind of give me a little bit of anxiety as a kid was just seeing uh, people's like these rules that people would bring into their lives start trumping their intuition and, and start trumping their hearts and their own thoughts, their own line of thinking. And that's when I was like, that seems very dangerous. Like, I would see my uncles and aunts who suffered so much because they were disowned. But mm -hmm. it was because these rules are being followed of what's acceptable and not. But then at the same time, I'd see my grandparents hella sad yep. to not have them in their life. And it's like, well... That doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Why would you do that to your kid mm -hmm. on the strength of these rules that clearly are not in alignment with how your heart feels? And which one is more important at the end of the day? And it's not even a judgment call on the rules themselves, but it's more a judgment call of why you would put yourself in that position to suffer for these rules. And I Especially think regarding premarital sex. <laughs> because how are you supposed to get married? They all want me to get married, and we don't even know if that part is one of the biggest pieces of the pie, this relationship pie. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know if it's a fit. Literally, a fit. <laughs> but go not. ahead, friend. Go ahead. You know exactly. I mean? That's a problem. We cannot. <laughs> go ahead, friend. I am dead to the bed. Back to back. But you know what back. I mean when you see people trying to follow rules that clearly do not go well with their heart space. And I think that that, to me, was always something I noticed, too. Like, is God making you sad? You know, when you're little, like, that's that's the language you have. Mm -hmm. You're like, well, why is God making you so sad? Where you hmm. you making decisions that don't even feel natural to what you want and, and who you are. And so I have always found that really interesting, which is why God, for me, has always just been, like, a really good friend. You know, like mm -hmm. I even, I even pray before we record our episodes, I pray mm -hmm. for a couple minutes and I say, you know, God, I hope we're all like in good spirits. And even if we're not, I hope we can navigate a topic that helps us all for the greater good. You know, like I sit and have convo where God is a part of everything that I do from the friend zone to my food to taking a shower. I speak to the water. <laughs> I wonder Amen. why you always get quiet like that before we record. <laughs> but I just didn't say nothing because I didn't want to be rude. I, mean, I used to be like, why is she just looking off in the space like that right before we record? Every time. Is she like, having a 90, vision? What you it's like 90 seconds before we record. Every time she just kind of stare off. Because I'm just, I, you know, God really is my friend. And yeah. I just, you know, I think also everyone will, like you said, Dustin, It'll come to you when it comes to you, too. You know, I've, I've seen people who 
needed that more regimented, rigid uh, religion at certain points of their life. And then like Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) And then they get to a different iteration of their life where that no longer works. And then maybe they Mm -hmm. go back. I've seen that too. People go back when they're older. Like I think it's going to hit you how it's supposed to hit you. It's going to come in where it needs to leave where it needs to and it's just kind of your job to navigate all the versions of you <laughs> that need to come out and experience life so that's why i'm like i don't know my i saw i literally saw my grandfather go from being like this abusive drunk and mm-hmm. then he cleaned up his life and became super hardcore religious and then he's the one that was like no pants in the house <laughs> wow. so he yeah. went from one side of the spectrum to another side and he felt indebted to religion for quote unquote cleaning him up. But mm-hmm. I think he went a little too hard in that direction, you know, and it like I said, it became a little more performative, but I didn't see that he and his spirit felt at ease ever. So that's something, especially for kids that we're so intuitive when we're little and you are very observant to how everybody's kind of moving. And I'm really it. grateful. Like, like now I'm grateful for the adult relationship that I have with, like, my cousins, per se, you know, and my aunts and uncles. Because, like, my cousins are very much in tune with, like, their religious selves. And, mm-hmm. and they all they go to church. And they're the amazing people, non-judgmental. I love my Beautiful. cousins with all my heart. And I can be myself completely around them. Amen. And vice versa. And they know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my cousins. So... Um, and I would say y'all's name, but because they listen too, but that's cool. So I <laughs> exactly. say y'all name, so I know who y'all are. <laughs> but like, but for real though, we have great relationships that prove to me that it's okay for people to have their own beliefs, practices, whatever, and want the best for each other and be able to have love. We still who we are, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm still; those are my first cousins, you know yeah. what I mean? We love each other, and that's what it is. And and I don't know; it's just a beautiful thing to see. So it just shows me that you can exist harmoniously with people who have have a different interest in certain things than you do without there being conflict. Because another thing that I wanted to bring up was the element of judgmentalness and shadiness uh, and shaming that comes along with lots of organized religions and the people that are in them. When you grow up in this certain religion or in this church and you know, you see the different people in the congregation that you've known all of your young life, and then they're watching the choices you make as an adult. Your parents feel that pressure um, of judgment from those people on how they've quote unquote done as parents, things like that. And then it all trickles down on you. And you have to figure out how to manage all those things that aren't your responsibility in the first place. And it just creates another ugly angle. And one thing that I wanted to highlight was bringing it back to the Clark sisters movie. I found a clip from a Christian television program that was on TV, which is why it was Christian television. (laughs) So, but it was hosted by CC Winans, who's a singer, wonderful, beautiful, one of the best voices ever okay we all know cc winans is an incredible vocalist and her mom they were hosting a show on christian television and twinkie clark and one of her nephews uh, who was the son of her sister denise that had the, the children out of wedlock one of her sons was singing on this program with twinkie and as they wrapped their performance cc winans and her mother had a dialogue about the young man's last name 
being Clark and the implication that it made that his mom had had him out of wedlock. And it just seemed really shady to me. So I actually want to just play that mm -hmm. and see what you guys think about it. Nephew Larry, his last name wouldn't be Clark, but <laughs> yeah, right? Well, no, 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 it's Nisi's son. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, let's give him another okay. hand. Now, <laughs> you heard that right, mm -hmm. okay? They literally had a conversation about this young man's last name being Clark, which is their family last name. And the fact that if he was one of the daughter's sons, essentially what they were implying was that his last name should not be Clark. It should have been whatever her marriage, her last his name father. was by marriage. Yeah. Right. Whatever his father's name was. That sort of nastiness and shame. And mind you, he's a fully grown adult man. He looks like he's about 26, 27 years old in this um, performance. And they had this conversation. Mind you, Cece is a Winans. Her mama is a Winans. They're both from Detroit. The Clark sisters are from Detroit. Both of these are prominent families in gospel music internationally. So you know they're very familiar with each other's lives and everything that's happened. The Winans family absolutely has their own scandals going on, which we wouldn't dare mention all that here because what's the point? But they exist. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that Cece and her mom would take that judgmental stance in that moment and kind of shame the, their, the Clark sister, Denise, who had the kids, who, mind you, never was really vocal, played the background for 40-something years. She just started doing interviews like the last two years, okay? Mind you, she went on to become married, went on to, I believe she's a doctorate. She got her doctorate <laughs> in theology or something like that. Oh, like, wow. she lived, she did her thing, but they announced him and his last name in that way on that program to shame him. I just... That sort of nastiness, it just doesn't sit well with me. And it's one of the things that turns me off about being a part of a system like that. So I think the 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 thing the takeaway that I would like for people to have from this conversation is just religion, spirituality, that's a very individual based entity. Amen. It's something that you have to define, you have to um determine the, the space that exists in your life for it, even if it does not, you know that then you won't have that. If you do, if you do find space for it, you determine how much space you create for it and what it represents in your life. And I don't think that anyone should feel forced or oppressed in any way connected to their religious and spiritual lives. Yes. So Agreed. do the thinking that you need to do. Ask yourself the questions you need to ask yourself and figure out how to coexist um, from a place of love and. That's all the Reverend Dr. Dustin Ross. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie. so good. When you were talking for part of that, I was like wondering where or what other parallel universe what Reverend Dustin was doing. I was like, mm -hmm. I wonder what he is doing. Oh, right baby, now. I could have moved the crowd. Now, in another Reverend life, Ross. I believe. No, you are. One of them parallel in universes. In one of them, you currently are. I got a mega are. church. And, and I got a mega you do. church. You absolutely do. I and know. I'm it. getting a plane. I'm telling you now, you niggas going to have to be mad because I'm flying <laughs> private, especially after Rona. This pastor going to have a private jet, okay? It's crazy. I know we're not talking about parallels <laughs> no more, but I always think to myself, like, do we share ideas with our parallels? Like, things that we don't use, do they use? So of course. If you, they would whisper in my ear. So if you're sitting there <laughs> thinking about the name of your plane, if the if the other Dustin's like, I am going to name my plane that. Like, 
I, your... I totally think it goes that way. I think you guys share a mind. It's just expressed differently in different times and planes. <laughs> I'm with it. Shout out to my other mind. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> ah, that was amazing, Dustin. That was great, Dustin. Thank you, you guys. Hey, HBCU fam. Get ready to turn up the energy. McDonald's and the Thurgood Marshall College Fund have $1 million in scholarships at 53 HBCUs for 66 brilliant students. This year, you could be one of them. But time is running out. Did we mention the $1 million in scholarships? Apply by March 27th at tmcf.org. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Bring in the motherfucking wind chimes. Bring Let's go. <laughs> yes, God, bring in the wind chimes. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. So last week I shared some free fitness resources that I thought people should have in their awareness. And this week I wanted to share some food resources because it's equally mm-hmm. as important, especially with us being home and probably not knowing what the hell to cook at this point. Is your is your hungry? <laughs> So remember our good friends Wendy and Jess of Food Heaven My made girl. it easy. Yeah. Shout out to Food Heaven. Yeah. I, I got so them. much love for them. So much. They are my whole heart. So they're your number one resource for wellness that's accessible and inclusive, especially when looking for how to eat healthy on a budget. Please check out their website at foodheavenmadeeasy.com. It's spelled just like that. They also have an incredible podcast where they give you all kinds of information, breaking down food myths. They discuss emotional eating, which I'm sure a lot of us are dealing with. Hello, speaking for myself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Even the myths of how much water should someone drink. Like they basically bust down all the fake nutritional information that's on the internet and heavily popular, which I appreciate about them because they are certified dietitians. They went to school for this. They are licensed. They know what they're talking about. So please check them out. And most importantly, their food. Food is good. It's As healthy hell. food that tastes great, which is a good Amen. combination. So Food Heaven Made Easy with Wendy and Jess. The second one is Fit Men Cook. Are you familiar with that brand? No. Nah. His name is Kevin Curry. 
He's big on not living a life of eating boring ass bland food just to be fit and healthy. He's super ripped. He has a, a really charming, awesome personality. Um, he has a website where you can get. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody just made a face that just took me out. <laughs> so you can look him up at Fit Man Cook, but he is so awesome because he walks you through everything from grocery hauls <laughs> to meat prep. Not meat prep. Oh my God. This is what y'all get for looking at me. <laughs> you did that to yourself? <laughs> Woo! 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 Meal prep, go on. <laughs> so, Meat prep. He does. Let's, let's bring that that beautiful bean footage back. So he <laughs> he does everything from grocery hauls to meal prep, and then breaks down <laughs> recipes you can create off of those grocery hauls and meal preps. If you're someone who likes videos, he got you. If you're someone who likes blogs, he got you. If you rather, he got quick- videos. <laughs> If you rather quick and easy <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> he got you. <laughs> What's his Instagram? <laughs> Why would you do that? Why are you doing that? <laughs> so please oh check God. him out at Fit Men Cook. <laughs> Justin, you are a terrorist. (laughs) The third option is Rachel Alma. This is YouTube now. She's a vegan. Oh, the thing too. Oh, God. How am I going to say this without y'all bringing in a joke? Damn it. I was going to say Fit Men includes me. (laughs) Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. I wanted to make sure there was something for everyone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you guys, I'm like Ooh. literally crying. <laughs> That's why I was meat prep. <laughs> okay, so Rachel Arma, let's move over to YouTube. Mm. Uh, her is R A C H E L A M A. She does vegan Caribbean food, which is really hey. fucking cool. She has alkaline recipes for you guys that are looking to have more alkaline-based diets. She does Buddha bowls, stews, you name it. If you're someone who prefers to watch a video tutorial, she got you. She also has a website, rachelama.com, and ebooks. If you're someone who rather be able to just download that real quick and sift through the pages as you're cooking in the kitchen. She is great. Uh, great food. She's really adorable too. Really cute. You know, doesn't hurt. She's really cute to look at when that you watch the videos. <laughs> Let's move on to TikTok. The TikTok chefs are amazing. Okay. Oh yes, they are. They are. <laughs> I don't I know what chefery you're talking about, but I I'm am talking, talking about, about Tabitha Brown. <laughs> I don't know, friend. You was over there talking about meat prep. So what you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's an account called I am Tabitha Brown. You've probably seen her all over Twitter because she's gone viral several times. She has this cute saying where she'll be like, like so, like that. <laughs> when she makes stuff, she's I love so how cute. You stop it. <laughs> 
She has the cutest little southern draw. Uh, she does vegan recipes on her on her feed on TikTok though, which is really cool because it's quick. But she breaks down the recipes, but it also speaks to the simplicity of her diet. So it's nothing that you have to like be in the kitchen for hours. Um, everything from uh, smoothie bowls. I know she made like a vegetarian, a vegan lasagna yesterday. Stews, uh. tacos, you name it. She's also just funny. Like she's an actress, so she gives you a little bit of like acting playfulness but also gives you really good food. So I love her. And I, I, love find, I love that she's on TikTok. I like that, you know, we have people doing it on the blogs, on YouTube, on TikTok. They're literally all these food resources on every platform. And they're all black, which is awesome to support black mm-hmm. creatives, black chefs. So that's those four. And then lastly, there's a young lady named Marley Mavis of Wake Up With Marley. And she's on Instagram. She makes the real, like the cutest breakfast platters of fresh fruit. I love breakfast. <laughs> but hers is like Y'all know these... I'm a breakfast person. <laughs> but she gives you really cool ideas on what kind of like fruit bowls to mix up, maybe try some mm-hmm. different fruit that you haven't considered or mixing different food combinations. She's a plant-based space for beginners. That's what her bio on Instagram says. And that Instagram, like I said, is Wake Up With Marley, spelled straight out. And she does everything from fresh juices to smoothies, like I said, breakfast bowls. And what I like about her is that she utilizes the highlights section of Instagram, which I've never even used. Do you guys use your highlights section? No, and I, I need to, but I don't. We should, but I just haven't and i love that you can literally find every recipe of hers in the highlight section i didn't even know you could use the highlight section that much i thought there was some kind of limit but she so hers is like an archive almost. it's an archive so if you see it on the feed it's going to be in the highlights you just have to kind of scroll and every highlight is the individual recipe so if you see a recipe on her page for beans Go up to the highlights, scroll, scroll, find it. And then when you click it, it's a IG story breakdown of how to make it, which is very That's cool. That's so dope. It's just interesting. And I She's just, brilliant. Brilliant. We're so creative. I love that these beautiful people are creating these beautiful meals for us, for the community on all of these platforms in the most creative ways. So food. Can I get an egg on mine? <laughs> <laughs> So Food Heaven Made Easy with Wendy and Jess, Fit Men Cook with Kevin Curry, Rachel Ama on YouTube, I am Tabitha Brown on TikTok, and then Marley Mavis on Instagram. So check them all out. I think a nice bonus site too, actually two great bonus sites is the same well and good site that I mentioned last week as a fitness resource. They have been killing it. One thing they did on Instagram that I noticed is that they'll give you a, a grocery list and then give you a couple of days to gather all that. And then for the rest of the week, they give you meals to make based on that grocery list. And it's all oh. really easy, comprehensible information. Their Instagram is I am well and good. And the website is wellandgood.com. So you have two different ways to <coughs> access the information and then lastly greatest.com but it's spelled g-r-e-a-t-i-s-t that's another incredible resource for mental health information 
fitness resources and a ton of recipes as well as just uh, health information in general in case you're trying to switch your diet, need more information on like what protein to eat, you know, just a comprehensible hub of holistic, exactly, a hub of everything, holistic information. So that's it. Wanted to put those resources into your awareness because now is the time to try to get your fitness, get you know, get your body moving, whatever fitness means to you. And most importantly, making sure that we're getting some healthy veggies and fresh fruits and all the things that are helping us get through this time. So that's it for me, Asante, Mr. Music Man. What you got for us this week? Well, well, good people. I know well, well was the wellness segment. <laughs> Here we are now at the Music Man segment, a segment that I love because I love to talk to you guys about music. Usually I love to, got to put you guys on to new music, but I also love hearing what you guys are listening to. But um, this week, it's going to be more of the same. I'm going to tell you what I want you guys to listen to. Hey. Um, I think I've already done this, but I'm not entirely sure that I have. So I'm just going to do it again because it is well-deserved. India, Sean. Um, um, I don't know. Period. The end. End of segment. Say less. I mean, that's that's, <laughs> that's literally it. That's um, it. If you guys don't know who that is, it's I-N-D-I-A-S-H-A-W-N. Type in her name. Listen to all her music. Um, most recently, she's dropped two songs. She's dropped Cali Love, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. There's also a visual that goes to it. And then there's also Not Too Deep featuring Black. So Can we talk about how unbelievably perfect both songs are? Both of them. How? I mean... How does she continue to do this? She's got something special, okay? Like her, she's in the middle. I'm just saying. <laughs> you better sing the song. <laughs> I'm just saying. I have loved Indy Sean forever. Uh, oh, she's, God. Honestly, if I, like, thinking about it, it's funny that we do this Music Man segment on the show. Indy is one of those people that, like, when I first met in Atlanta, like, she, like, pulled something out of me that told me, like, you know, I want to work in music. Like, she was one of those first people. So mm. I talk about India Every chance I get on every platform I have, I would literally give it all away just to watch her career go. So um, go check out India Sean. Again, those two songs are Not Too Deep featuring Black and Cali Love. Um, also a visual to go with that. She's worked with all of your faves. You know, she's written for people. She's worked with, you know, Chris Brown. She's worked with, you know, a bunch of people, Justin Timberlake, all sorts of people. I'm just telling you, India Sean is the truth. She has that hard ass pen, that beautiful ass voice. And just a great looking girl. There's nothing else I really have to say. <laughs> Fran told y'all the period in the beginning. I did not listen. I want to give y'all some more, but She's just go download the music. She's a star. I'm not even going to play you the music. A I'm going star. this hard and I'm not even going to play you the music because I really want you to go type in her name, listen to the music, like her on Instagram, retweet her on Twitter, do what you have to do. Support my home girl. That is all <laughs> I need and want from you people. That's it. That's all. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> now I'm going to just turn it on over and we're going to do listens lately. Let you guys talk about what you've been listening to. Maybe I'll throw in a song here or there. Friend, I would love to start with you. You know, you just always vibing out to something, even when you're vibing out to nothing. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, it? I wanted to also, I had literally thousands of messages of people like, I couldn't find the Jumanji record. They even left comments under pictures on Instagram that had nothing to do with music. <laughs> so my it. apologies for not spelling that out, considering that it's not spelled like the movie Jumanji. It is J-O-O-M-A-N-J-I. Jumanji. And the song is called Where Are You? Now you'll be able to find it. My apologies. Um, 
This week, my song, actually, you know what's so funny? I've been listening to a lot of Marvin Gaye. Mm. I, I'm sorry. I just typed in, I, I looked up Jumanji, mm-hmm. and he got a song with Lindsay Olsen. I was about to say, he did a song with one of the Olsens, but <laughs> not. I'm sorry, go on. Well, and, technically, he did. Right. <laughs> and that whole, that whole project is actually sick, too. So yeah. definitely don't stop at just the song, just listen okay. to the project. I'll add um, right now. It's just great. You saw oh, when project we played. on Rona. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been listening to Marvin Gaye yes. and the song that has been hit and rest also rest in peace, Bill Withers. Yes, Man. Lord. Legend. Legendary. Legendary Nothing Bill like Williams. that sound and that voice and just even mm. the, the school of voices that he gave birth to. Think of all He the- also mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I definitely didn't mean to cut no, you no, off. No, my beautiful queen. <laughs> Okay, so, but <laughs> Bill Withers is responsible for one of the greatest bars ever in the history of writing, of songwriting. Hit us. On, on his song, Use Me, he'd be like, it ain't too bad that you're using me because I show him using you to do the things you do. <laughs> so, and that, that applies in a lot of situations, okay? <laughs> so, we all know, shout out to Bill Withers and Use Me, okay? Shout out to Bill Withers, man. You are forever. Right, and people. But the song that... I've been stuck with this week is Come Live With Me Angel by Marvin Gaye and mm. for those who may not be aware of how awesome this song is I wanted to play some for you I've been on that record is just so sweet and soft, but hits just right. And that's it for me. What about you, Dustin? Um, this week I've been on some upbeat vibes. So the first song I want to play is actually by T.S. Madison. Come through. It's her new singer. It's called Pop That Ass. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yes, honey. Oh, I love this beat right here. This one of my old school beats. Oh yes, bitch, is it on? Oh yes, it is, cause the bitch is back. Kia Estonia, it's the bitch with the big black tinga. Zulu like shaka rang, is like car. Got a pussy so good, make a big dick car. Uh, yeah, you heard me right. All the niggas in the club spend your cash tonight. Let me pop this ass like dynamite. Boom, get on my motorbike. Kia Estonia, Kia Estonia, Kia Estonia. <laughs> yes, Maddie. Come so, through. So shout out to T.S. Madison. <laughs> um, the other song I want to play is actually by this artist out of Cleveland called Ty Bree. The song is called Bobbin and it's the shit. Listen to Before you take my number, send a cash app. Pussy too good for a lab rat. 
Never hear a broke nigga say smash that Keep me fresh, nigga, designer on my damn back Walking through the set, smelling like a damn sack 30-inch weed, rolling up, Hercules Make that nigga give me head till he can't breathe Till his knees weak, till he make it leak Nigga see me in the club, I ain't need to speak Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches Catch me in the club, bobbing with my bitches That's bobbing by Tybree So it's time to have fun and be uplifted I'm with it Summertime is creeping You know we gotta get into that energy I'm with you also, yeah. shout out to our brother Mouse Jones, one of my great friends. Mouse um, Jones. I participated in his aux cord smoke battle and whooped <laughs> Wait, his what? ass. How did I we whooped not his know ass. About this? Okay, uh, randomly, he does. He do, he's been doing these nightly aux cord battles on Instagram where he competes against his friends. Five records. Um, who you know you win best two best. Uh, three out of five or whatever. Re- oh wins. shit! He needs to put me on that shit. I'd smoke Mouse. <laughs> you and you get to pick the genre of music. So I did R and B records and whooped his ass, and it was but it was out of love, you know. It was a brotherly ass whooping, of course. You know? and uh, it was a good time. So shout out to Mouse. Also, um, he does a great Instagram live show on Sunday nights called No Rap on Sunday Shed, where he showcases um, singers. So you can go go in and join his live, sing your song, um, and get a little bit of visibility. And I think they do cash giveaways too. So. Ooh. Check that's that out. It's a lot of the right eyes over there, too. So we're going to get you yep. some money, folks. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, outside of that, um, Shay E. Crew, he dropped his entire project. It's called Still Single. Um, there's 10 songs on here. A few of them, they've been released previously, and I've been vibing to those already. So to hear the project in its entirety is pretty dope. So check him out. Um, again, the project's called Still Single. R&B, Soul Cat. Uh, similar to some of the things you might have heard already, but I I just like his vibe. I, I always feel like I got to put people out, even if people feel like they might have heard a lot of the same, because I feel like everybody has that one like pocket of something that they can just really shine shine on it. I'm right. waiting to hear Shay Cruz. And again, um, I've talked about him before, but if you're not familiar with who you he said is, Terry Cruz. Shay E. Cruz is C H E E C R U. He uh, <laughs> Terry. Uh, right. I thought this nigga looked like a Tootsie Roll too. Go ahead. Stop. <laughs> um. He actually, his song, Do Not Dis- uh, his song, uh, Before I Die, was actually sampled by Drake and Chris Brown for No Guidance. So that's who he is. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. That's why you should check him out. And um, yeah, just listen to the project. That's it for the Music Man segment. Oh, wait, and- the Give um, oh. Giveon album. Oh, Giveon. Wait, did listen. you say? Friend. Take you- Time. It's called Take Time. And when I tell you, it is just fantastic. And he needs to be promoted way more so this we'll- is so weird that <laughs> you said him because I, I was gonna i forgot to talk about him today i was just listening to, to him and someone's like you listen to division I'm like no this is Giveon, new dude he's like really really soulful and cool please continue friend that was just so weird no i just had to throw that out there maybe next week for the music man we can kind of dig in a little more into his project but yes. just wanted it for those who haven't heard it check it out and then we can get into it next week Giveon, it's G-I-V-E-O-N. Yes. And it's only, what, five, six uh, songs on there? It's not, a, it's not a long listen. And it's actually a really great listen. Like I say, you got a real soulful voice. Yeah, it's and, like eight records. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Again, yeah. that's it for the inner music, man. Thanks, Fran, for that, for that no check problem. back. And um, <laughs> now, Dustin Ross, what have you been watching? You know, it's been a, a slow week in television. Um, and that just is what it is. Everything's virtual. It's a very weird space to exist um, in television right now. But we're thankful for what we do get. Um, shout out to the Real Housewives of Atlanta for keeping us entertained. Um, we're looking forward to the reunion, which we now will know will be shot virtually. Um, and the season finale is next Sunday. Um, and you know, that's what that is. I'm just looking forward to that. Also, I just had to give about two seconds of silence for <laughs> Sister Circle TV. Yes. On TV it has been canceled. Oh man, what? Such a loss. Such a loss. Yes. Major Such a loss. Did they say why? Or just politics. They actually did. They said that unfortunately enough people just didn't watch the show for them to continue. Damn. So I guess the viewership was too low. And I hate to see that, but let me tell you something. Those ladies got a wonderful three season run on that show. Still um, a and introduced them to so exactly so many audiences in different ways. Um Rashawn Ali was was always a pro on that show. Yes. Quad Webb did a great job infusing her personality and really legitimizing herself as a television host. Trina Braxton, again, comes from a family of uh, girls who their mother set out a plan for them. She did her own thing, and she went on to do a great job in her work on um, Sister Circle. And Selena Johnson was magnetic and a great anchor for that show. And I just hate to see it go. You know, Sister Circle was what it was, and I loved it. And I talked about it a lot on the show. It was the clip of a week a few times. We all remember Quad talking about B. Smith's husband when she said the people was wearing him out online and they should have been. What you got to say, Trina? We all remember that. We all remember that. So I just want to give a, a, a you know, give the flowers to Sister Circle because yes. I really did love seeing that show um, every morning on TV One. So shout out to those ladies. And that's it. That's Fox Soul, pick TV. it up. Somebody on Fox Soul or somebody pick up. Somebody will. They got to. And if not, I would like to see them all branch off and do their own thing. Selena Johnson could do a show about being a being a um, a fitness uh, competitor, oh, word. doing her bodybuilding competition. Yes. She could do something about that. Um, Rashawn Ali will go on to do great things naturally in media. She's done great on the radio. She's done great on the news in Georgia. Great now she has Sister Circle. She'll keep it moving. Great um, Quad Web launched a very successful cookbook. I saw her doing cooking demonstrations on Extra and hey. all the Entertainment Tonight, all this stuff. So she'll launch a successful lifestyle empire. Who knows? She may get a cooking show on the Food Network, something like that. Trina Braxton will continue to sing. She will continue to do acting and like theater plays. And she'll continue to have the Braxtons, which is the number one um, longest running black reality show of all time or whatever. Is it? Wow. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's been the same for all, some record they have for wow. that shit. I can't remember but it's a great thing to be a part of so they'll all go on to do great things but i just you know i hate to see it go sister circle was kind of cool to me so shout out to them shout out yes that's it for tv this week any announcements you guys have before we get out of here this week i don't have an announcement but i have one grievance i forgot to address Mm -hmm. on instagram live i'm sorry this is very atlanta of me on instagram live Parlay of them franchise boys was going back and forth <laughs> with motherfucking Fabo of D4L <laughs> on who started the snap movement. Listeners, if you're from Atlanta, I would like you to comment. You could add me on Twitter about how you feel this went down. <laughs> I know how it went down. 
They both knows how it went down. Parlay knows how it went down. That's how all did I'm it go say. down, Asante? Okay. Fabo <laughs> was on there really talking like he was about that life, but he wasn't really about that life, and then kept hustling backwards. Them franchise boys was released first. You know, their shit was out first. And then, you know, D4L's wave came, but it was all around the, the same time. But, you know, when people were getting signed as Snap Music was popping off, it's like them franchise boys, would they dropped a record, and then, like, six months later, they had to redrop the record with, like, a brand new video because they had that deal on deck. So it was, like, new shit, but it wasn't new people or new music to the world. But Fabo was really on live trying to act like, you know, he started it, and rightfully so. You know, he was very influential in the movement, but they both have their stakes, and no one should take anything away from the other. But they both, you know, when they ended the live, they said they family. They didn't say it together, but they said they family. They just, you know, so who right started now. it, Asante? Who started? Who started? Fuck all that. Who started it? Fable started. Out. No, Fable started that shit. Fable was like, bro, you know, every time they they talk about Snap, you know, I feel like there's something missing. They forget to bring me up, and you know, they they brought Fable up. They actually highlighted him a little bit too much, watch, which is why I feel like Parley got a little upset. Like, no. Nah, so you're you know, saying Fable started the Snap movement? No, I'm saying it's correct that the franchise boys they did they were they very oh. they very much so started it okay, but they all came you. out around the same time like that like pocket in 2004 to or 2002-ish to 2004-2005 like there was like a wave of like niggas just nigging and then so <laughs> soldier boy came out later in 2000 like six or seven and then niggas thought he was the first one so it was like it's just like that that happens but atlanta stand up influential for many reasons for many years i love them that was it not an announcement just a can you name the people who you said know what really happened again <laughs> Oh, Who did you say knows what really in, happened? All the niggas in the franchise boys know what really happened. They, Who else? <laughs> all the niggas in D4L know what happened. Who else? <laughs> Even that nigga from Shot Boys, he know what happened. And you know who else know what happened? Who? Barbara! Yo, why Fabo kept saying, he kept saying, he's like, I, Fabo, he was saying how he got awards. He was like, you know, type in my real name, which I forgot to do. He's like, type in my real name. I got records. I got Grammys. You know, I Did should... he say who Barbara was? He did not. But why ain't nobody asked this motherfucker but who Barbara was? I told him he should win awards for the end of that alone. Like the <laughs> end of that alone. So yeah, shout out to Barbara. Shout and out to Barbara. That note, shout out to Barbara. That should probably be the title. <laughs> the name of the episode. That's the title shout right out there. Barbara. Shout out to Barbara. <laughs> Why are we so fucking Alignment Alignment <laughs> And as always we thank you guys so I love how that was like in the last The 11th hour right there the Came on it. Eight ball corner pocket You hear me <laughs> Baba <laughs> As always we thank you guys so much for listening Ooh. We love you so much And we will catch you guys next week Stay inside Bye. and wash your hands. <laughs> Stay healthy. Bye. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.